point. In my opinion, there's three questions that have got to be answered. That's do right. you have to move? Ooh, do you nice. have a time frame to be there? And if so, do you know where you want to be? All right, wait. Answer. So, yeah, guys, grab a pen. Wait, so grab a pen and paper. If you don't have one right now, Mike, go ahead and repeat those because very crucial right there. Very yes. crucial. Three questions. Do you have to move? Have to. Not want to. Not thinking about it. Do you have to move? Do you have a time frame to be there? And do you know where you want to go? These are three questions. And honestly, these are three questions for buyers or sellers. I don't care who you're dealing with because otherwise, guys, if the answer is no to any of those three questions, you do not have a buyer. You do not have a seller. What's up, guys? I am Mike Puma, and welcome back to the Relentless Agent Podcast, episode two, number dos. Actually, I'm only going to say it in English because I barely speak English very well. So <laughs> I am with my esteemed co-host, Javier Nichols. What's going on, my man? Oh, nothing, man. It is a great day. Absolutely everything, matter of fact. Let's start. Like, that is... It's it's a it's a blessing to be here every every single time when we're delivering good value to agents across this good nation because you know it's just it's just so much needed. So yes, welcome. Uh, I'm Javier Nichols, and yeah, this is the episode two of the Relentless Agent Podcast. And I'm and pumped. Today, I'm uh, pumped about uh, yes, this one yes. because Absolutely. we are we're diving into a topic that I should love right? I'm the chief marketing officer and a partner in a large brokerage. And we are diving into leads. And leads is the buzzword of the industry. It is the thing that every broker likes to tout. It is the thing that every agent, especially the new agents that are likely watching this want to ask for. And it's the thing that everyone talks about, right? But I saw a stat recently from Zillow that said it was something like there was a hundred million internet leads last year and there were less than 3 million home sales in the United States. Think about that guys for one second, a hundred million leads, less than 3 million home sales. So I have a little bit of a cynical take on the term lead, right? And as the chief marketing officer, I should love leads, right? It's literally my job. However, I hate them with a passion. And so one thing I'm on a mission, at least, and I can't control the industry, but at least within our brokerage and with the agents that I have the privilege of talking to is to try and shift the focus to not be to drive leads, but to drive opportunities. And there is a huge difference, in my opinion, between the two, right? Because I could hand you, Javier, a list of 300 people that filled out a form on a website five years ago, and I could call those leads, right? 
And there's a lot of brokers that do. Hey, call these cold leads. They call them cold leads, right? <laughs> as, as if there's a difference. We call them cold yeah. leads. What is it really? These are frozen. <laughs> this is a name and a phone number and an email, if you're lucky, that may or may not be accurate, that may or may not be qualified, that may or may not be interested. And so now the expectation is that you are going to sit there and call and email and, and text and follow up with that list of people and try and get a deal out of it. And the reality is, in mo for most of the industry, you're going to do that maybe once, maybe twice, maybe three times if you're really good with each contact. You're going to get nowhere. And then your broker's coming back to you like, hey, got more. Here you go. Call these people. And you've just now completely forgot about the, the ones you just had before. And the same cycle continues, right? Yeah. And so that's the problem that I have with leads. And so I'm on a mission. I'll, and I'll stop here on my rant and get your take on this. But <laughs> I'm on a mission to get the focus to be on opportunities and transactions, not leads. Because I think that they often are just intertwined and they are not the same. What's your take? Yeah. That's a that's a great just explanation of the massive amounts of what people call leads and breaking it down into just understanding what you're really trying to do. And that's opportunity. That's that's solve something for somebody, right? You have to start that process of okay, where are the leads coming from? Okay, why did they click this? Okay, what is the time frame or contact amount, which is very important, especially for the newer agents to know how many times a lead needs to be touched, how many times a conversation needs to be had before something turns out of it, right? So the follow-up system pours right into that, okay? But just staying on the lead topic for right now is when you have a person searching for a property on the internet, they're clicking and they're getting tossed into some uh, system and then that system gets sold and that list becomes a lead list capture and you're working it, it's going to at least 10 or, uh, 10 or 15 or 20 other agents at that same time as well, right? So let's quickly jump right back to when you have that lead, okay? What is the time frame that you, in order to make it be a successful, uh, you know, conversation that we're talking about, right? Is it is it speed wins? Because most people say that speed wins, but for me, I say quality wins, right? It's not all about oh, let me get a boatload of leads. Well, let's get some quality leads. Where are the leads coming from? Where 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 are these individuals at? What like where are they on Facebook? Are they on Instagram? Are they friends and family? How are they coming about? So I really like. That diving deeper into what a lead truly is and try to understand how can I help them? What, what roadmap can I provide them? And during that roadmap, there's going to be questions. I want to be there to answer those questions. And I'm not going to bug them every five minutes about buying or selling or doing what they initially contacted me to do every five minutes. It's just going to be a constant, you know, touching, saying hi, checking in, seeing what I can answer. And then when they're ready, they typically come to me and 
they tell me what they want. And I'm talking when I since I'm not really being particular on what type of lead we're speaking about, it that's for investors, for my buyers, for my renters, for my sellers. That's for everybody. I treat them the same. Yeah. I think and we'll dive into some some really good ways that you can generate business to make this a very actionable podcast, right? That's the whole purpose of this. We want to give you guys as much value as possible, but also I want you to walk away from each episode with action that you feel like is simple and easy to go and take, right? We're, we don't want to create complicated funnels and all this stuff. And that's not where this is headed. You know, I think if you're at that level, certainly we can have that conversation offline. That's not what this podcast is about. However, for me, it starts with a couple things. One is we need to be very realistic with what, how many leads, how many, and uh, you know what, I'm going to stop using that term. How many deals <laughs> do I need as an agent? Right. And that's, that's where for me, this starts because we can't just go out and be like, Oh, I, I, I just need business. Right. And that's, and I get it as a new agent, you're sitting back going, all right, well, I got to make money. I just spent thousands of dollars, right, to get my license and pay my MLS dues. And now, you know, my, my wife, my spouse, my husband, whatever, is going to think that I, I'm not very good at this. So I've got to go prove that I can do this. You got to prove it to yourself. You're trying to learn everything because your exam that you took to get your license has literally nothing to do with actually selling real estate. So you've got that going in. So you're sitting on trainings, you're on YouTube, you're listening to all these people, you're watching top agents, you're scrolling through Instagram saying, how did that person sell a hundred million dollar house? You're watching HGTV, you're doing all these things, right? And they're all right and they're all wrong at the same time. I think that all of that leads to the brain spazzing out and ultimately leaves you to not being productive at all. So I think we need to take a step back and very first thing we need to do before we ever accept a lead, think about driving a lead, trying to grow our business is take a very realistic, simple approach to what kind of business do I actually need right now? And I'm not talking about three years from now, five years from now, seven years from now. I'm not even talking about one year from now. What I am talking about is what is the level of income that I need to generate that's going to allow me to live the lifestyle I want to live. And if that is, if you're doing this part-time and you're just like, listen, if I can make 10, 15, 20 grand at the end of the year so that I can take my family on a sweet vacation or pay off these student loans or whatever it is, awesome. If it's, I need 70 grand, 100 grand, because I just left this six-figure job over here and my wife's going to kill me if I don't make money, cool. If that is, hey, listen, I'm used to living large and I need 500 grand a year, cool. I don't care what the number is. What I care is that you know what the number is, okay? And once I have that number, now I can break that down and say, okay, average commission check in my market is X. For me in Tampa, it's 7,500 bucks. Okay, so now if I need this, then I know that I need this number of deals based on the average commission check to hit that goal. Great. How many deals does that mean I need a quarter? How many deals does that mean I need a month? How many deals does that mean I need a week? Mm -hmm. And once I know that, then I can start to figure out how many appointments, how many leads, how many opportunities do I need that's realistic for me to do that. And I can tell you that after 30 years of us doing this, we have figured out that if you go on one 
and I, I'm, I need to stress this one qualified yeah. appointment, qualified appointment. And I'll explain later what a qualified appointment is one qualified appointment a week at the end of the quarter, you will make about $40,000. If you go on one qualified appointment a week, because what does that mean? Well, over the course of the quarter, you're going to go on 12 appointments roughly, right? If we're doing one a week. And if I do that over 12, let's say I only close eight of them, right? Now I'm doing enough transactions. Let's say of those, only a portion of those are actually going to get through and close in that quarter, right? At the end of the year, if you're going on one qualified appointment a week, you will make about $100,000 a year on average. So now I can start to That's do amazing. math. And the whole point of this is to business plan first. Yeah. Once I business plan and I know how many deals I need and how many opportunities I need to generate, now I start to get into, okay, now how am I going to lead gen? But more importantly, before I ever create a marketing plan, I need to have a follow-up plan. What is realistic in order for me to actually follow up? Because here's the, here's the real kicker. It takes on average eight contacts with a lead before you get them to respond. Eight, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, eight times. So think about how much time that actually takes. And if I know that that takes eight attempts, then I've got to do a couple things. I've either got to have a plan to outsource that follow-up, which means I'm going to pay a VA, I'm going to pay an ISA, I'm going to pay somebody else to do it for me because I don't mm -hmm. have the time to do it, which then allows me to focus on the lead generation side and let them handle the follow-up side. That's an option. If you're a new agent, though, that may not be an option, right? Oh, well, I don't have the budget for that. Cool. Well, then guess who's doing that follow-up? You are. And guess what that means? That means then that if we know that, hey, I can, I've got to call or make eight attempts on this one contact, how many contacts can I realistically handle then? Because I can't do that with 100 a week. I can't do that with 100 a month, right? That's 800 attempts. Think about that. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Right. That and is, so now what is. we realize is, though, is that we actually Especially need for a new agent far less. Right. And to your point, if we focus on quality, I need far less quantity. And so now that if I have a business plan, a marketing plan and a follow up plan, now I'm putting myself in a position to succeed. But I want to just end on this and then I'll let you chime in. Just think about this, though, guys, one qualified appointment a week. If you were in any other sales job, I was talking to my dad who runs a very large copier business and he's got a, hundreds of salespeople. And I, I was telling him about this and he's like, one, he started laughing at me. He said, one qualified sales appointment a week. I said, man, if my sales reps went on one qualified appointment a week, I'd fire them on the spot. And I said, <laughs> I know that's the business we're in. And, and if they do that, they're doing that to make 60 grand, 70 grand. You're doing it to make, 7,500 an appointment or not an appointment, but a yeah. day, right? Yeah. That's mind blowing. So just keep that. And I just like to try and drill this down very, just down to the root level, because I think otherwise it gets very overwhelming. But what's your yeah, take? But that's, but see what you are saying about breaking it down to the one a week, 
it's it's so comforting for someone just entering into this industry because again when you are a new agent you don't know anything you're being told by your broker what to do when you're seeing agents who are actually doing it but you have to do it yourself and to know that there is a list of 100 or 200 leads or you're getting things shoved into your email from your broker is overwhelming you think that you have to do crazy amount of numbers but hearing one qualified appointment per week, you legit could start your Monday with contacting people and asking questions, qualifying them, okay, and making that appointment happen and feeling successful. Because if you are doing that, not only is your confidence level going to go up, but you're going to be able to generate some income to pay somebody to do the follow-up process is to pay somebody to do a lot of the other mechanisms of your business right but i wanted to jump on the contacts right what is a follow-up contact are you calling them saying hey are you ready to sell hey are you ready to buy what are you doing right so let's focus on those attempts so sure. mike says eight in my mind i was thinking between seven and eight as well because this is what I have learned, but I have a certain way of doing things. So with certain clients, that time frame is shorter. And maybe two or three contacts before I turn that person to a lead or a qualified lead, right? But it could be more than eight. It could be 15 to 20. You never know. But what we want to start to establish is answering those questions along the way. So someone comes into an open house or somebody clicks on an ad that you're running on Facebook or no matter what it is, the first question that should be asked to that person is, now let's say it was a buyer, because if you're a new, new, new agent, if you're a new real estate agent, chances are you're gonna be dealt with a buyer sooner than you are uh, a seller, okay? That's just common. Mike, would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. Okay. So going in with that, first thing we need to find out, okay, is their time frame. Hey, I thank you very much for clicking this link or thank you very much for showing interest on this property. I would love to give you more information. How long have you been looking for a property, right? How long? So you're finding out the time frame of how long they've been doing it, when they plan on having it done. So you can understand what to answer and what to do along the way. So that that to me is the most important because I feel like if we go straight for the close, the first appointment, hey, are you looking for this property? Great. Oh, you want to see it? Not a problem at all. Let's go and see it. I see a lot of agents talk about that. Whenever I'm doing uh, coaching sessions or speaking to agents, uh, they always want to show, just go out and show these homes to people who are not qualified. And you find yourselves being um, uh, discouraged because you're getting run around so many times and nothing has come about it. And you're like, no, I'm putting not it only on. Are you discouraging work. yourself, but you're discouraging them too, right? What's the, what is yeah. the worst thing you could do from a client experience perspective is to take me out and show me a $2 million house that I can't afford, right? Or yeah. a $300,000 house that I can't afford. Right. And so that's the worst client experience you could do. But to your point, in my opinion, there's three questions that have got to be answered. That's do it. you have to move? 
Ooh, do you nice. have a time frame to be there? And if so, do you know where you want to be? All right, wait. Answer. So, you guys, grab a pen. Wait, so grab a pen and paper if you don't have one right now. Mike, go ahead and repeat those because very crucial right there. Very yes. crucial. Three questions. Do you have to move? Have to. Not want to. Not thinking about it. Do you have to move? Do you have a time frame to be there? And do you know where you want to go? These are three questions. And honestly, these are three questions for buyers or sellers. I don't care who you're dealing with. Because otherwise, guys, if the answer is no to any of those three questions, you do not have a buyer. You do not have a seller. You have a someone who is interested in buying or potentially selling. You have someone that should absolutely be in your pipeline. But... I like to classify my leads as A, B, and C prospects. A prospects are the ones that like we're actively looking, they're qualified, they're ready to go, and we're, we're going. My B prospects are the ones that are close, right? There's, there's maybe one of those three questions isn't, isn't 100%, and so we're still going. And my C guys are people that I want to keep in contact with, but they are not someone that I need to be touching every week or every other week or even every maybe every month. Maybe they're in every other month every couple months because they're working on credit. They're doing something, right? They, they are not just there yet for whatever reason. So I like to do it that way, right? But those three questions are crucial because if you do not have a yes to those three questions, you, are, you do not have a lead. That is not a qualified appointment. A qualified appointment is a yes to all those questions, okay? Because now I got someone who has to move they have a timeline to be there, so I know what we're dealing with, and they know where they want to be, okay? So now I'm not driving them all over the place. Now I'm not taking, and I'm still not putting their butts in my car. That is not happening, okay? <laughs> that is not happening yet. Once I get the yes to those three questions, then we're going to say, okay, have you spoken to a lender? Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm paying cash. Great. Hey, listen do me a favor. Can you either put me in contact with your bank or have them send me a proof of funds letter for you? It's not that I don't trust you have your, I know you have the money, mm -hmm. but what I'm, mm -hmm. my job is to put you in the best position possible. And if we go mm -hmm. and I'm going to find you the right house because I'm really good at what I do. So I'm going to find you the right house. But when I do, and you fall, you walk in that door and you're like, yes, Mike, this is the one I want to literally be able to submit to you guys, make sure you're ironclad and make sure I get you that house. And that proof of funds letter is the absolute best way I'm going to be able to do that. So can you get me that? that That's amazing. And, and or though, proof of funds or, yeah. or yeah. pre-approval from a bank. Yeah. That is, that is the 100% the next step after those three questions are answered. What did, what did you want to add? 100%. I wanted to throw in now... You mentioned it right before I started as far as the lender. Now, this is something that everybody should pay close attention to. As a new real estate agent or someone who's looking to refresh their business, you need to have preferred lenders who are passionate, creative, and motivated. Okay, Because when you have a prospect, whether it be an A, B, or C prospect, as Mike put it, you need to know who to send them to, meaning you should have at least three lenders 
minimum three lenders that you're in close contact with. Okay, there should be a high end, meaning prices high, they they deal with high end credit and they always have programs for those. Okay, you need to go with somebody that's an all around 203K, FHA, VA type of person. And you also need to have somebody who deals with credit repair. Okay, now I'm not telling your lenders to be credit repair specialists, but I am saying that certain lenders have simulators where they can look at a person's credit, pinpoint what needs to happen, and instruct them to do those things. Now, we're not credit specialists or professionals, but having guidance is going to make your value increase when that person is dealing with other agents who can care less about building their credit, right? So mm -hmm. when you're hearing him break it down, ABC, just make sure that you guys are already, before even going and getting any leads, what we're gonna talk about next, is how to get these leads. But before you even get them, just have a list of lenders or speak to some lenders and find out what they are specializing in and how you can match them up with the people you will discover. So going into finding leads, because this is an instructional thing here, guys. We already wrote down the three questions for buyers and sellers. Now I want to talk about how to find these prospects, right? Because how... We, we want high quality. So what shall we do? What can we do? Because remember, we don't have, you know, capital, a lot of it to just throw out there and waste. So we have to be very, very mindful. So I would love to hear your take on that uh, and letting us know where do we start? Because I want to go in, but I want to I want to hear what you have. And I'm, oh, I'm going to add in my take for some actionable items, guys. Listen up. Yep. So for me, you typically have time or money. You very rarely have both, right? And so in the beginning for a new agent, 99% of the time you have more time to spend than you do money, okay? So that means that you are going to do grassroots stuff. Now, if you have money to go spend, great. There are definitely things you can do. I still am a big fan of not spending money on leads especially as a single agent and focusing on the grassroots ways, right? Now, we spoke about this a little bit last time. For me, this starts in the very beginning of saying, okay, what lane am I going to become an expert in? What am I niching down to? Okay. And this is super important because if I niche down, I cannot be everything to everyone. I just can't, right? If I hurt my shoulder and I go into my doctor and he's a knee guy, and he starts touching my shoulder, we got problems, right? But he's not going to do that. My knee doctor is going to say, hey, listen, I don't really do shoulders, but I have a great shoulder expert. He's going to refer me out. Why? Because he's specializing, right? Professional sports, highest level, they all specialize. You don't see Tom Brady playing cornerback as well as quarterback, right? He's a quarterback. He doesn't play those other positions, right? He's not also lined up as a wide receiver. Highest level, that's what they do. They focus. And it has to be the same thing as a new agent. We've got to focus. If we sit there and try and do for sale by owners and expired listings, and now I'm going to call these people, and then I'm going to pull this list, and I'm going to text them, and then I'm going to go knock on my doors in my neighborhood, and then I'm going to make all these social posts, and then I'm going to do, it's not going to work. It might work. Let, let, okay, let's define work. You might get a transaction if you do enough of it, 
but your business is going to be what I call the roller coaster. It's going to go up and down and up and then down and then up and then guys, I much rather see this. Right. And the only way we have that is we have a strategic plan and we put blinders on and we, we trust in that process. And so what we do is we've broken the business down into lanes and we'll say, okay, Javier, great. You're, you're here. You don't have a lot of money to spend. Great. That's fine. That means that we're going to go to hand-to-hand combat, right? So what do you like doing? What do you enjoy doing? Oh, well, I hate door knocking. Cool. Let's not, let's cross that off the list because you're not going to do it. But we've got absentee owners, right? And absentee owners are a really great way. Do you want listings? Do you want buyers? Well, I don't really know. Well, that's important to figure out, right? Do you want Do you want to focus on listings or do you want to focus on buyers? It's not that you're not going to do both, but what do we want to become the expert on? Right. And then once he decides that, then we're going to decide because if it's buyers, there's a different path. Right. We may look at doing renters that could be buyers like home partners or Divi or one of those guys. Or we might focus on going to apartment complexes that he knows in his area are super high in rent and working on those guys and maybe knocking on those doors, even though there's usually no soliciting sides, maybe maybe top reaching out to those folks, right? Or going on Remind and pulling those lists out and then call, calling and texting and emailing those homeowner or those renters or that that may be the path. Path for a lot of our new agents right now is inventory is king. And so we're having them focus on absentee owners and for sale by owners, right? And so for us, that is one of the largest lead sources we are getting in addition to Right now, renters and um, using our rental programs with home partners and with Divi. So what does that look like? Well, with absentee owners, we use a platform called Remind. You literally can go in, search a zip code, search a specific address, search um, any area, general area you want, and then you can hone in. You can sort by absentee owners. You can sort by price point. And so now I can go. And I can get the contact information for all these absentee owners who are sitting on property that they do not necessarily need and there's little emotional attachment to. And why is that important? Because now I'm not fighting against any of those obstacles, right? Because when someone is in their house, you come to me and I've been in this house seven years, my kids are attached and the school's attached to it. It's an emotional thing, (laughs) right? You ain't going nowhere. I'm not going anywhere. Right. So you're not going to sell someone. I think it's really important. You are not going to sell somebody on changing their mind. You're just not. And if you're spending a lot of time doing that with your leads or calling someone and convincing them to sell, if you have to convince them to sell, they should not sell. I tell people all the time, including the absentee owners that we reach out to, our script is literally, hey, You should never sell this house because real estate held long-term is the best financial investment you can make. However, what's going on in your world? Are you able to come down, right? I know it's been really crazy. What's your, what did the last year look like for you? If it makes sense for them because they want to cash out, they want to retire, they want to buy something else, they have a better use for the money, now it's my job to step in and help them maximize that value. And I think, so as you start your lead gen, understand how you're going to bring value. If you approach any of these with commission breath and trying to sell someone on something, you're going to fail, guys. I promise you, if that text to that absentee owner is, 
Hey, <laughs> see you have a house here. I think it's worth a million. You want to list it? And done. Done. But if you text that same owner and say, hey, John, I saw you bought 123 Street uh, about five years ago. Uh, it looks like a great property. Obviously, I haven't seen it. Hey, have you been down here? Do you need someone just to go by and take a picture of it? Have you been able to see it? I know, you know, I'm dealing with some other clients that haven't even been able to come down and see their own property in the last year. So I've just been going around. It's my community. And, and listen, I'm going to be a little selfish here. The reality is that I sell a lot in this community. And if a house in there doesn't look very good or starts to fall apart, it actually hurts my business overall. So I'm kind of being a little selfish, but if you'd like someone to go check up on it and just make sure that the, the lawn is mowed and everything looks good, I'd be happy to do that for you. Let me know. That's a much different approach. Now, what am I telling John, right? And in that subtle message, I'm telling him that I'm good at what I do. I'm trying to bring him value. I'm selling a lot in the area. I have other clients in that, right? I'm, these are the subtle cues, but I didn't yeah. ask him for anything. Not asking him to yeah. sell it. I'm not asking anything, right? Because that's not my job. My job is to guide him to whatever whatever decision he's ultimately going to make. My job is to be an advisor and be there, right? And so how do you do that? It could be a text, right? Because if you're using Remind, the contact information is typically in there. It could be a email. And if you're going to text, my favorite is pick up your phone and shoot a 15-second video using the script that I just used and text that to him. Don't send just a normal mm. text, text him a video mm. because it is a lot harder for somebody else on the other end to ignore a video or a face than a font, right? You shoot me a text. It's very easy for me to ignore you. You shoot me a video, my human nature clicks in. I'm like, what's that? And I'm going to click Who's play, this? right? What is this? <laughs> I want to know. Better yeah, yet, that's why yeah. with for sale by owners, our number one tactic as an agent is to go stand in front of the house, in front of that yard, in front of that sign. Guess what's on the sign, guys? Their cell phone number. So if you go grab your phone, go in that yard and be like, hey, man, I saw you're selling this. Listen, I sell a lot in the area. I'm not trying to get this listing. That's not, that's not why I'm reaching out. What I am reaching out for, though, is I sell a lot of homes in here. And you maximizing the value of this property means a lot for my comps. And so I'm here to help you do that. If I can help you in any way, please let me know. Even if it's reviewing a contract, whatever you need, you need someone to fix something, you let me know. I know everyone. I'm here to help. Boom. And if you do that with their house in the background of that video and you text that to that number and that guy gets a video and the, the image is his house in the background. If you think he's not going to click and play that video, you are out of your mind. It will 1,000% work, right? But are you going to do it? Are you going to go and take it and not delete it? Are you going to do 37 takes in front of the house because you are have bags under your eyes and there's no filter that's making you look pretty enough? That's the problem, right? That's the drunk that monkey. It is the problem. takes over. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. Execution execution and everything that you just said and guys i i encourage you uh to rewind and, and 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 to hear this again okay because he literally just laid down the roadmap of finding your lane and utilizing not only word tracks prescriptive dialogue methods 
to get your point across without coming off like a salesperson. Okay, because what he just talked about is how to give, how to give, how to give, 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 not asking for anything in return because they know what you want. Okay, they know what you do. All right, but if you're coming and you're giving a person something of value, the chances of them returning that or asking for your service is much higher because guess what? Most agents don't do that. Most agents that go to the FISBO make a video and just say, hey, I'm looking to see if you're interviewing agents for the job of listing your home because they're being told. Most people will call the absentee order and say, hey, here's the values of the homes in the area. We'll love to bring you the highest deal, right? That person has no idea or not even thinking about selling at this moment, but they are thinking about the property condition. They are thinking about if the guy that's charging them $37 a month to cut the grass, is he doing his job? So coming in with something so giving and so out of the ordinary makes you stand out. And that literally brings me right to what I love to do to get leads is to do the same exact thing. But now we're talking about the market. And what do I mean by that? Have you ever heard of the HUD Home Store? All right, the, this is a website and guys write this down, hudhomestore.com. Actually, they actually just went to a .gov. I don't know what took them so long because it is a government site. They just went to a .gov. But when you type that in, you will see exactly what I'm speaking about. And there's gonna be a map of the whole country and the darkened states have properties for sale. The ones that are not darkened do not. And if one of those states are darkened and is yours, click on it you will see the properties. Some of them are gonna say new, but guess what? You can advertise these properties. So for those of you who use Instagram and Facebook regularly, you can go in there, click on the property that's near your area, click on the property flyer that's already generated from the HUD home store, put it in your story with a countdown ticker when the bid ends, and that's it. Or you take that and you put that same post in one of the buy sell groups from your area or the investor groups from your area. What this is going to do, it's going to not only let everybody know around you that there is a property under market value and the bid ends at such and such date, but it's going to let people know you're providing something that no one else is doing right now. I can guarantee you, everyone, anyone that's listening to this, you do not have real estate agents promoting HUD-owned properties in your area. You don't, yep. right? You don't. And this is something that for you to not only develop a relationship with investors, but to let everybody know your sphere of your knowledge level, okay? So why is this important outside of those things? Leads, prospects, deals, we need them. The bid ends in six days. So if somebody is interested in buying that property, you know the questions to ask. He already gave them to you, okay? And you already have a lender to put them together. And guess what, guys? Especially for the new agents that are listening and watching this. When you're buying a HUD-owned property, they do the contracts for you. All they do is send you a DocuSign with the contracts filled out. Your client's email address is in there. They're going to get one too. So you have, you have to do no paperwork. You have a full property flyer already generated. You have 
commissions already labeled on what you're getting paid, 3%, which is what they pay, okay? And you're helping them buy a property under market value, right? So just knowing that one level of collecting leads can make things happen for you right now. And I encourage everybody who is listening and watching to truly go on a HUD home store, explore your state, find out what's available. Even if it's not in your territory, you can still promote it. You can still bring awareness to it. And I want to throw in one extra thing, okay? For those agents who are like, Javier, I'm not doing that right now. I need money tomorrow. I need money by the end of the week because I jumped into real estate with both feet. I need cash. I hear you. I hear you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into one of those buy rent sell groups on Facebook. And if you're not a part of it, just click buy rent, okay, in the search box. And I want you to create a poll, okay? I want you to create a poll for the buyers and for the renters, okay? Now, for the buyers, you're going to simply write, what's stopping you from buying your home? Question mark. The first question the first response is going to be, I love renting. The second spot is going to be still saving money. The third spot is going to be everything I like gets sold already. The fourth spot is going to be still building credit. Okay? You're going to post that and make sure that you turn off the options of adding questions and answering multiples, turn that off, okay? When you put this up, people are gonna respond naturally. I know you've seen the Facebook surveys on, are, are you, what golden monkey are you? Or what squid are you? Or what kind of tiger are you? And you see people put them up all the time. So people are already conditioned to fill these things out, okay? But here's what I'm gonna tell you. The people who select everything I like get sold, you should be sending them a DM. You should be sending them a direct message. The people who wrote still saving money, you should be contacting them. Those are your top two. Because if I'm still saving money, that means I need to meet you as a real estate agent to sh show me how I can get down payment assistance, how I can get seller assist to eliminate my long-term of saving $20,000 that I've never done in my entire existence. Because most buyers out there believe they need a big boatload of cash to buy a house. That's not true, okay? So again, we are talking about practical things you can do today. Like while you're watching and listening to this, do those things, generate that business. But most importantly, okay, tying into what Mike just said, all right, we're giving. We're giving. Oh, I'm still saving money. Not a problem at all. Did you know about the PFHA program that you can get 5% of purchase price as a down payment? Did you know? They didn't know. Did you know you can buy a HUD on property for under market value and still get seller assist and have them tell you what's functional in the house before you even buy it? Did you know? They didn't know. So you're giving and then the deal comes. So this is an exciting topic. I really, really, really love the fact that we dove into it. Of course, we can go we can go hours and hours about leads because it's so many different facets of 
the qualities, where they're coming from, why you're getting them. But the most important thing I want everybody to take away from this is staying in your lane and knowing what you specialize in, okay? And having resources of others who don't, who you know, where you don't specialize in. And that's the one thing I wanted to leave with you guys in this episode. Yeah, I hope. So here, we'll make this super easy for you guys. Go to the topagentformula.com. It's a free site that Javier and I created for you. There's a ton of content in there. And in that, on that site, you are going to see a step-by-step buyer's guide and a step-by-step seller's guide that we created specifically that literally walks you through, hey, I have a buyer's lead, now what do I do? I've got a listing lead, now what do I do? It takes you through those three questions. It takes you through the qualification process. It takes you through what comes next. We'll have talking to their lender, all of that literally step-by-step step guides you through the whole process. It's 100% free, guys. There's nothing worth selling you on there. There's not even merchandise to buy. We've got nothing, okay? This is all 100% free. This is just our way of trying to give back and bring as much value to the real estate community as possible. Because quite frankly, the more empowered and the better agents are, the better all of our life is, right? Especially here in Florida. I would love to educate every single agent across the entire state of Florida because it makes my agent's life easier when we go into a transaction. So that's it, right? That's the mission we're on. Um, And that's literally, I think, you know, we only touched on what, three or four different lead sources. There's yeah. a lot of them, right? So we hundreds. We'll hit them in another episode. But I think you guys get the point. I don't care whether it's for sale by owners, whether it's um, whether it's the HUD site, whether it's uh, Divi Home Park. It doesn't matter what it is. The action that you're taking is essentially the same. The only thing that changes is that niche focus, right? And and just like. I just, I, that's the part I want everyone to get because I think that's the part that gets lost. When we say niche, like I mean niche, right? It doesn't mean that you're not going to do any deals outside of that. But what it does mean is from a brand and focus and expertise perspective, that you start to really hone in on that. And what I mean by that is like, I don't want to be the Tampa Bay expert because I can't be. Tampa Bay is huge. I don't want to be the Wesley <laughs> Chapel expert. Wesley Chapel's too big. I don't want to be the 33543 zip code expert. That's too big. What I want to be is the Meadow Point expert, right? Yes. Which is my neighborhood. Yes. I want to be yes. the Madeira Beach expert. <laughs> and what that means is that I literally know everything about Madeira Beach. I know the seawall issues. I know who to contact for boat slips. I know who to contact for palm trees. I know who to contact for anything so that I can be top of mind and I can literally help my leads, my prospects, and anyone who's coming in with anything. I want to be the resource. And if I do that and I really focus in on it, then I can become that expert and I'll know those facts. I'll know what's going on with the different HOAs. I'll know what's going on inside each neighborhood. I'll know what's going on in the local towns and city halls. I'll know what's coming. I'll know the new resorts. I'll know the new projects. I'll know the new home builds. I'll know everything about that. So let me ask you, right? 
Let me ask you real quick, because I know everyone is listening to this and they're saying, okay, that what you're saying is very valuable information. But how do I use that? How, how do I use the last day of spring cleanup to get me to increase my value? Like, how do I use? And, and this is something that I get a lot and I love answering it, but I would love to hear your take on it. So getting those micro data points that you're just mentioning right here that only you would know if you're from this area, right? Yep. How do you use those things? How, how would you translate that into something of content or something of a rapport when you're speaking to a client? So my favorite thing, when it, especially when it comes to niche and neighborhoods, is creating experiences and connections to that, that then tie me back to that same thing, right? So as an example, in Madeira Beach, right, we, which we have a huge market here, it's on the Gulf Coast, we heavily get involved in the community where especially Jeff Beggins, who's one of our brokers and my business partner, Jeff lives in Madeira Beach. He is Madeira Beach and he has built that reputation because he doesn't need to go say, hey, by the way, look at all the stuff I know. What he does though, is he will literally create a post about it. Hey guys, just ate at this amazing restaurant. If you've never eaten here in Madeira Beach and you're looking for seafood, this is the place. Little things, right? Hey, I just ordered some palm trees. Guys, it's not easy to get these kind of palm trees, but if you need palm trees, you need a fence, you need this, and he just gives these resources out. Then he goes inside the community groups on Facebook and he just answers questions. Same thing I do, right? Mm. I'll go into meadow, mm. my Meadow Point thing and I'll just look for the questions. Hey, need an electrician? I give him one. Hey, I need this. I give him one. I don't ask for anything in return. Mm. So how does that monetize? It monetizes because when I'm consistent about that, Guess whose name is consistently coming up into their feeds? Oh. And at some point, oh. someone in that group is going to be like, dude, that Mike guy knows everyone. He answers every question. Who is he? And they're going to click on me. Right? Oh. And, and, and then they're going to see all your content that you created. Content and just engaging, right? Even if you're not a content creator. Obviously, the best way is grab your phone, go in front of your neighborhood pylon sign, and shoot a tip video every week. Because anyone who cares about that, who's scrolling through their feed and sees Meadow Point sign in the background is going to go, Meadow Point? I live in Meadow Point. What's that? Yeah. And they're going to click yeah. on it, right? That's the easiest way. But if you're not going to do that because you know yourself and you're just not content person and you're not going to shoot video, okay, that's not an excuse to do nothing. That's an excuse to do something different. So if that's the case, then that means that what you need to do is spend three hours a day going through all the comments of every relevant neighborhood group or mm. niche group, mm. right? It could be, guys, I don't know if you see the helmet. I'm a Washington football team fan. Guess what? <laughs> there is a massive Washington football team fans group of Florida and specifically Tampa that's got thousands of members that all like the Washington football team. To me, they'll always be the Redskins. And they literally talk about it nonstop. <laughs> okay. So wow. what does that mean for me? Well, that means that if I engage in that group constantly and I'm just talking about something I already love to talk about, guess what happens? I start to build a niche in there and then people are going to click on me. And they're going to want to do business with me solely for the fact that we just happen to like the same football team. 
because and it's not forced. <laughs> right? That's the coolest part. It's not forced. Like no. you're you're you're, no you're immersing yourself. That's, that's and this is something that what Mike is telling you guys, and I and I'm telling you, this is the best episode. Okay, even though we only had two, this is the best because you guys can play this over and over in any market. I don't care if we're up, down, sideways, parallel, corners, don't matter. Okay, what we're talking about is immersing yourself in a community, becoming a community member, becoming a giver, a provider to that community. He's a, he's a Washington's football team fan, okay? So he can literally make a post about one of the players and post it inside that group and get tons of comments and likes, and someone's going to click on them and say, oh, wow, he does this, this, and this. Oh, well, my cousin is buying a house in Alaska. I know you don't sell in Alaska, but can you give me some insight? And that person may never uh, give a deal to Mike, but the information he provides helps somebody else and they remember it. And then it's just, it just ripples. It's, it's, a, it's a ripple effect. And this is what they tell you in real estate school as far as thinking long-term and 18 months to manifest from a farm and these things. They tell you, they tell you this for a reason, but... What we're talking about here is, a practic is practical, actionable things that you can do now, some of which gets you an instant return of monetary gain so you can have money to be comfortable and feel good when you're actually living everyday life in real estate. But most of it is for you guys to continue staying consistent year over year, right? Because listen, it's no, it's, 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 it is not a game when you're seeing 75% of new agents fail in the first year and 87% fail in the first five years. Okay, those are serious statistics. And, and, and I'll tell you right now that those statistics are higher now, okay, because of the barrier to entry to becoming a real estate agent. And I'm only saying that to focus on the niche, you know, the niche, the niche, products in the in the in the in the grassroots mindset that if you maintain this you will surpass those statistics you will not be a statistic you're going to be a great real estate agent but also a great member of your community because i tell people all the time a well-educated real estate agent increased property values no matter what yeah no matter what, because if you're a well-educated agent and providing knowledge to your community, values are going to go up. You're not going to get every deal and you don't need every deal to make a good living. So this is like, um, it's just, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm truly passionate about giving people the direction on how to fish. I love providing fish and saying, Hey, you know, enjoy this. You're fine. But showing somebody how to fish and giving them that confidence truly brings their pride about because they feel very excited and happy and very um, accomplished when they are able to hit those goals and not feel that roller coaster because that roller coaster gets you. You know, we've all been in it. I know I've gotten into it uh, before when I was in other sales careers. And even when I first started in real estate, not the first year, because I was just developing my business model. Because the first when I first started, it was a half of year. But the first year when I actually started, it was like when I, I called myself actually starting because it was a full calendar year when I was an agent. It was very consistent. Because of that first six months of me 
doing this. Yeah. Right? When that when January 1 hit, it was it was this, you yeah. know, and it was comfortable because I took into account of being a resource before getting paid. Yep. Yeah, it's it is the difference maker. So, I think in next episode Let's dive into, I actually created it. I think it's on Top Agent. If not, it will be. I created a daily marketing guide, kind of the things that I think as a new agent, they should be doing from a social perspective and digital perspective every single day. It'll take you under an hour to actually execute once you get good at it. Um, But let's dive into that. Let's dive into the things that community events, different ways that you can engage in your community from a social perspective, because it is super powerful, guys. So, so powerful. And it will really coincide with a lot of what we talked about this week or in this episode. So I think the last thing I will do, I will say on this topic is make sure you don't lie to yourselves, right? Because as we said in the beginning, you probably need one deal, right? Whatever that is, let's just say it's you need one qualified appointment a week, one qualified appointment a week, okay? And if you call on Monday and you get somebody and you're all pumped up, and then they say no to one of those three questions. That is not a qualified appointment. That doesn't count. I didn't say an appointment, a qualified appointment. They have to be able to answer those three questions. So keep going. That's not your qualified appointment. And you keep going on Monday and you keep going on Tuesday and you keep going on Wednesday and you keep going on Thursday and you keep going on Friday and you keep taking action until you get that one qualified appointment. And then if you get that, if you get that one qualified appointment on Monday and you want to stop, stop. Now you want to get ahead, get ahead. That's up to you. But do what you're committing to yourself. And if that is one qualified appointment a week, then get that appointment and do not stop until you get that one appointment. Qualified appointment. Do they know where they want to be? Do they have a time frame to be there? And do they have to move? That's it. I think if you follow that, you take consistent action, you will get consistent results. Boom, boom. And that that is right on target. And I will leave off with just letting everybody know to be different, okay? Be different. You see what everyone else is posting about. Be different. I've already given you one great source of the HUD Home Store. There are plenty others. Okay, and our next episode is really going to allow you to contribute everything we learned in the first two and then pairing it with that micro information and just increasing that value slowly but surely. So just be different. Okay, stand out, stand out and remain relentless. Absolutely. Guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, hit the like button, subscribe, follow us, go to the topagentformula.com. There's a ton of value in there for you. And until the next episode, see you later, guys.